Morning, everybody. If you guys are first service people, that always happens. That's nothing, just random. Kid, our kids get up and leave, uh, so don't follow suit, okay? Uh, but that's what happens. And it's a, to be honest, I never get sick of seeing that site. I've told you that before. Um, I, I love our kids. I love uh, just their, their heart for Jesus. Um, so, but to, hey, thank you guys for coming and worshiping with us this morning. I know that's been kind of a difficult week. We'll call it difficult. Uh, um, but I want to thank you guys for being so patient um, and, and uh, just responding well to all the updates we had for you. And uh, I, I'm going to say it, and I think you guys can all agree, man, I'm done with this. <laughs> I am done with this snow. I'm done, done with it. And, and you know it's bad. And when I talk to my mother, my mom's like, oh, we only got like three inches. I'm like... That never happens that we get more than they do, but, uh, um, but thank you guys. If you want to keep updated uh, to our weather updates, you guys need to do the clear stream, and we'll have that up on the screen later on, and then you can stop by the uh, starting point desk. This is where we'll relay that information to you. So you guys want to... Let, you guys want a snow joke? I got a snow joke for you. <laughs> a lot of you are, who said, oh no, come on, it's, it's not that bad. What is a snowman's favorite food? A burrito. All right. You're welcome. I didn't copyright that. You can use it. Okay. So, um, but uh, uh, yeah. I'm, okay. No more jokes. I'm done. I'm done. Let's, let's get into why we came. But uh, um, you know, I think about you guys a lot during the week. I, re- I really do. And uh, uh, every week I, I read something and I, I, I'm like, man, I need, to, I need to share that with them. But a lot of times it doesn't go with the sermon. Uh, but I think I'm going to start giving you just uh, uh, something that, that maybe I found insightful to me this week. I want to share that with you guys every week. And there was one that I found this week that was very fitting, um, just, just because of everything that's been going on. And, uh, I'm, and so I, I, hopefully it finds you well. You know, um, a lot of us, it seems like right now we're seeing the, seeing the rain way more than we see the sun. And, you know, a lot of us, there's things happening in our life that uh, um, to us, it just feels like it's downpouring, just bad news on us. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we have to remember this. If we have the sun all the time, most of the time, if you have sun only, nothing will grow. You have to have both. You have to have the rainy season and you have to have the sunny season. Every season is for a reason. And I truly believe that. So I just wanted to leave that with you guys this morning. Um, but uh, so we're going to get into our last, I almost said episode, that's not it. <laughs> we're going to get into our last installment of The Gospel Is. And we've been talking about this for many of weeks. And, and the first one, as you know, the gospel's for everybody. We, we came into New Year's with that. The gospel is for everyone. And in a couple weeks ago, we talked about the gospel is covering. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are covered from sin. If you believe in the gospel, you are covered because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what the covering we talked about. We talked about Adam and Eve and how they sinned and they were, they were covered by, by animal sacrifice. And, and because of the new covenant through Jesus Christ, we are now covered by his blood. And, and so we need to remember the gospel covers our sin and nothing else will. The gospel of Jesus Christ will cover your sin, but nothing else will. The gospel covers things that nothing else can. But most importantly, the gospel that covers you, it feels like no other. When you feel and you know that you are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, nothing else can duplicate that feeling. Nothing. I know we can try, we can look, we can, we can investigate, we, we can spend a lot of time that we don't have going down different paths, trying to find something else that covers us like the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that is a wasted trip. 
Nothing else will even compare to it. Nothing. So we talked about the gospel is covering, and then last week we talked about a really good one, and it's the gospel is a call to repentance. And if you guys don't remember, the call to repentance, it's simple. It truly is, and we talked about how we overcomplicate this. If you repent, it means you simply turn around. That's it. And you turn around through knowing and believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I read something this, this past week that was very insightful to me. And it was something I thought about last week, but I, I didn't say it. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, turning around is the hardest part. It's not. Turning around is probably the easiest part of that entire decision. It's staying turned around and not looking back is the hardest part. I think a lot of time we want to look back and see what we're leaving, see what we're missing out on. But if you have turned around and you have repented and you are going in the direction that God has called you to go in, nothing behind you is worth turning around for. Nothing. It's still a wasted trip. There's nothing behind you through the blood of Jesus Christ that is worth you turning around and going back to the way that you used to live. And we also talked about last week that, you know, we... We need to be obedient. It's an act of obedience. And we also talked about we have, to free, we have to walk away from the things in our life that continue to hurt us because we play, we play that game. We play the victim. We're like, I just don't know why. I just, I'm going through this. I'm feeling like this. I don't know why I'm, I'm going through these trials. Well, you're not walking away from the thing that's hurting you. That's why you keep on getting hurt. And so last week we talked about the gospel is... Repentance. This week we're going to talk about one. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. This one's pretty heavy on me today. <clears throat> but you know what? I think it's supposed to be. And that is we are called to live out the gospel. The gospel is repentance. The gospel is covering. The gospel is for everybody. But most importantly, and I do believe most importantly, the gospel is meant to live out. The gospel is an action. Do you believe that? The gospel is something you're supposed to live out. You're supposed to use. You're supposed to put into motion. The gospel is something that we need to live out. Now, you, you think about the things that we live out. You know, as, as human beings, we, we live out legacies. You know, and, and my family, um, I mean, I think three or four generations were all military, all Air Force. And that's a legacy that, that, that we live out. That's the legacy that we were taught. We live that out. What else do we live out? A lot of us, I'm not pointing fingers, don't get mad. A lot of us live out loud. You know that person. You know that person. That they just love to be loud, and it's not they're being annoying. They just enjoy life so much. They just live out loud. You know what they're thinking, which good or bad, but you, you live out loud. And a lot of people, you know, I, that's what I was taught is, you know, you be loud about what is right so Satan can't be loud about what is wrong. That's what I was taught growing up. If you're loud about what God is doing in your life, you, Satan can't be loud about what he's destroying in your life. So we need to live out loud. That's another one that we do. What else do we live out? How about we live out our, our commitments? This one's tough because a lot of times we want to make excuses for why we don't live out our commitments. Well, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can live out all of these. We can live out our legacies. We can teach our kids how to be followers of Jesus Christ. 
We can teach our kids how to live out loud about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And most importantly, we can live out the commitments that we have made to Jesus. So today we're going to talk about living out the gospel. And we're going to be in Galatians. And we're, we're going to talk about this letter that was wrote. And, and we're going to look at it. And we're going to look about how the, the recipient of this letter was called to live out. I know a lot of times we, when, when we talk about living something out, first thing we do is, well, you know, make up excuses why you can't do it. Maybe we, we uh, try to find a loophole of why we don't have to live that out. Well, in Galatians, it tells us exactly why you need to live the gospel out, the benefits of live, living the gospel out, but most importantly, the dangers of if you don't live out the gospel. We can't talk about the gospel without talking about the consequences of you not living it out. And I know that's the one a lot of people is like, well, you could just skip that one. Well, no, I can't, because honestly, that's the most important one on what will happen if you don't live out the gospel. So what about the, the book of Galatians and this letter we're going to talk about? It's going to tell us, even when we make mistakes, you need to live out the gospel. Even when you get off track, you need to live out the gospel. Even when you get tough realizations that maybe you need to work on yourselves. You need to live out the gospel. Sometimes it gets very difficult to live out the gospel. You still need to live out the gospel. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Galatians 1, and we're going to read 6 through 9. <clears throat> Paul writes this letter, and he says this. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion. You are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one who preached to you, let them be under God's curse. 9 says this, as we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Whoo, it got heavy in here real quick, didn't it? It got heavy real quick. Paul's saying, you know what? Evidently, some people are making you confused. Evidently, you guys just aren't getting it like I thought you were getting it. Evidently, you guys are deserting the gospel at a very high rate. He says, you are called to live the grace of Jesus Christ, and, but all of a sudden, because you get confused, because somebody gives you, uh, put doubts in your head, you turn away from the gospel. And, and he even says, he says, people are trying to, to tarnish the gospel, trying to tarnish the image of Jesus Christ to turn people away from him. And then Paul says, go ahead, do it. But then what does he say? He says, if you do that, you are going to be under God's curse. Paul was not beating around the bush whatsoever. Paul went right at it and said, you know what? Go ahead, do that. Go ahead. Uh, he says, uh, evidently, you know, you have believed somebody else. Evidently, and then he says, go ahead, but you will be cursed if you preach a different gospel 
You are to be cursed, and that's what it says. How can we prevent this? How can we prevent this? Know your gospel. By knowing your gospel, you know what it does? It limits confusion. So if someone does throw something else at you, you know that it's not correct. Know your gospel, it limits confusion. Next one is, know what's true. This limits doubt. If you know what the gospel is and you know the truth about the gospel, this will limit the doubt that you have about the gospel. I get you. There is some stuff in the gospel of Jesus Christ that it is hard to swallow. It is hard to accept, but we need to. I didn't say you need to. I said we need to. But how do we know if it's true or not? You need to know because it limits the doubt that you can have. And, and what else? It says, you know, if you know that the gospel doesn't change, that limits any chances of you falling for a false gospel. If you are following a gospel that changes every other year, it is not the gospel. It's not. If you are falling for changes in the gospel, I am telling you right now, it is not the gospel. And I can say that with great confidence. If you are listening or following anything that changes what you have been taught and you know what you have been taught is the truth, it is not the gospel. We talked about this a couple months ago about different lies that we're trying to be fed about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked a couple weeks ago about how 75%, I'm sorry, 45% of churchgoers, believers, don't believe that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. That is a lie from the pits of hell. It is a lie. And you know what? Next week, they're going to be putting out something else that, you, okay, maybe we were wrong. I'm telling you, if it changes, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. You cannot live out the gospel if you don't know it. That's tough, but it's true. If you don't know the gospel, then why? How can you live it out effectively? So what are a couple things that, that we can learn from the book of Galatians? We're going to read most of it today. A couple things that we need to know about the gospel through the book of Galatians, through the letters that Paul wrote. Number one is the gospel is not a human invention. God, the gospel was not invented, invented by people, by man. I want you to listen to this. The gospel was, was intended for man I'm sorry, the gospel was made for man, but it was not made by man. The gospel was not made by a human. The gospel was made by our God, our heavenly father, all powerful, all knowing. That is who made the gospel. No man is smart enough to do that. Y'all laughing, but it's true. There is no man smart enough to know the in and outs of everything that people deal with that they can create the gospel. Nobody's smart enough to do that. So Galatians 1, it backs this and it says this. It says, Paul says, am I now trying to win approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origins. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by the revelation from Jesus Christ. Amen. I am telling you this. If you are preaching a gospel 
that was by man, it is not correct. It is not the gospel. And he even says, Paul says, that means you're trying to please people. You're trying to please people by, by what you believe, by your opinion, that is not the gospel. You know, it's very stressful as somebody that gets up here every week and preaches in front of you because I need to have my stuff together. That puts a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on me because I know that, that what scripture says, I know if it says, if you don't preach the gospel, you're cursed. I was like, that, that's a big thing to have on a job application. <laughs> so I get up here and I'm like, you know what? I got to get this correct. I got to get this right. And one of the things I struggle with the most is when I read the scripture, I was like, well, that's how, that's how I perceive it. <laughs> no, that's wrong. It's how God put it in scripture and how he wants you to perceive it. Because it says, Paul says, man, if you're trying to please other people, that is not the gospel. If we're trying to get people to learn the gospel and we're doing it by trying to please them, you are leading people down the wrong path. You need to know the gospel and you need to know we did not invent it. That was God's plan and not ours. You guys look at some of the stories in the Bible about when men tried to create the gospel or they tried to do something that nobody else could do but God. If you guys have ever read the story, it's in Genesis 11. It's about the Tower of Babel. Have you guys ever read this? Uh, we might get in this a little, bit, a little bit down the road. But the Tower of Babel, basically the people tried to build a stairway into heaven. They tried to build a stairway so high that they could get into heaven. I'm going to, spoiler, it didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. But that's what we try to do as people, as human beings. We're, we're trying to, oh, this one's going to get me in trouble. Um, we try to build up, build up our own gospel and try to make it look like the true gospel. We try to build up our, old, our own gospel and we try to sell it as the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't do that. We can't do that. But that's what we try to do. When you look at the story of the Tower of Babel, it wasn't just one person building this stairway. That means they had to recruit. That means they had to get people convinced enough that this is going to work. They were building up their own glory and disguising it as God's glory. Scripture tells us if you do that, you are doomed. It says you are cursed. There's a lot of people that do this. There's a lot of people that try to build up a gospel and they try to put some lipstick on it and make it look like the gospel of Jesus Christ. My granddad always says, a pig with lipstick is still a pig. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that before? Okay. <laughs> Whoo, I was going to say all right, number two, what else? What else is the gospel is not that Paul tells us in the book of Galatians? The gospel is not a plan to be saved by the things you do. The gospel is not a plan to be saved by the good works that you do. In scripture, Peter and Paul had a big disagreement about this. In scripture, it even says they had a very strong conversation. If you have a strong conversation, AKA, it was an argument. <laughs> But they said they had a disagreement on it. And the reason why is because Peter was showing favoritism to the Jews because of the obedience they have for the law 
But he was having favoritism over the Gentiles because they never had the law. So he was showing favoritism over the ones that know the scripture. They know the law over the ones that they never had it. So this is what Paul says in the book of Galatians 2, verse 14. And it says this. It says, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of all of them, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is that? That you force Gentiles to follow the Jewish customs. He who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. This is one that there is a lot of disagreement about. But if you read the scripture, there's only one way to be justified. And that is by your faith in Jesus Christ. There is only one way. There is only one way to follow the gospel correctly. And that is by the faith in Jesus Christ. There is no human works that can take place of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's none. There is no human works that can lead to the places that the gospel of Jesus Christ will take you. Like I said, this one, this one stings a little bit. The gospel shows the work that has been done. It doesn't show, because it does not show the work that needs done. The gospel shows that the sacrifice has been made. The price has been paid. The obedience has happened because Jesus agreed to go on the cross for us. The work has been done. And we need to believe that. The good works have already been done because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So the gospel is not a human invention and it's not a plan to be saved by good works. And the last one is this. It is also not easy believism. If you guys have ever heard, this is a new concept that, uh, um, it's actually an old concept, but it's gotten a new name, and it's starting to really peak its head up right now, and it's called Easy Believism. If you guys have heard it from back in the uh, 1800s, it's called Cheap Grace, and it's a, it's a phrase that was coined by German theo theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and basically he's talking about being, believing in the gospel is not easy. Believing in the gospel is not just going to church. Believing in the gospel is not just saying you belong to a church. That's cheap grace. I truly believe that easy believism is the most dangerous one of those things that the gospel is not. The gospel is not easy. Believing in the gospel is not easy. Sharing the gospel is not easy. Living out the gospel, I'm telling you, is not easy. But man, is it not worth it though? Is it not? Being a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ is not easy. And it was never intended to be easy. But when we talk about we talk about the gospel. When you believe in easy believism, you don't believe that you need to serve. 
We talked about spiritual disciplines last week. We're going to talk about them a little bit right now. We need to serve. Scripture tells us this. We need to to recognize the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made. We need to give. Also, we need to pray. Those are spiritual disciplines that they tell us throughout Scripture. And when you believe in easy believism, you don't believe in those. You don't believe, you you believe they're more of an opinion or an option than the necessity that they are. I'm going to walk you guys through these real quick. And every single one that you can relate to, I don't care if it's a grunt. Let me know. (laughs) I can't believe I said that, but, but listen to this. There is something special about prayer. That's a spiritual discipline that many of us struggle with. But I'm telling you, there is something special about prayer. There's something special about serving. I took some kids on a mission trip to South Dakota, and, and I had to make 500 grilled cheeses for 125 kids under the age of eight. I am telling you, my heart was full. My mind was not, (laughs) but my heart was full because there is something special about serving in the name of Jesus Christ. There's something special about giving. It shows the trust and faith that you have in God And to be honest, it's a faith that can't be duplicated. I know this is a tough one that we don't like to talk about, but I am telling you, it is a spiritual discipline. There is something special about giving. Most importantly, when you have nothing to give, something special about it. Galatians 5, 7, it says this, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Galatians 5.13 says, you were called to be free. Mm. You were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly and in love. This is a phrase or a statement I want you guys to take with you this week. And this is the gospel. And this is why we need to be committed to our spiritual disciplines. Jesus is first, others are second, and you are last. Which one's the hardest one to accept? Do you believe Jesus is first? I truly believe that we do. Do you believe that others are second? (laughs) That's a tough one. But I think this is the one that I think we can all agree on is the toughest to swallow. You are last. You are last. And this is why people believe in easy believism because they don't want to accept the fact that I need to be last. When you're growing up and you're in in elementary school, what do you want to be? I want to be first in line. I want to be first in line. I I want the coldest water and nobody spit out of the water fountain. I was that kid. I'm like, I don't want to drink after all these dirty kids. I I have to be first in line. That's what we were taught. You, you, You want to be first in line. Scripture tells us, the gospel tells us, Jesus is first, others are second, you are last. If you cannot wrap your mind around this, this is going to be really tough for you. 
The gospel is going to be really hard for you to understand, but most importantly, and I want you to listen to this, if you cannot wrap your mind around this, the gospel will be almost impossible for you to live out. If you believe that Jesus is first, that's fantastic. But the other ones are the ones that we get caught up on. Others are second, and you are last. The gospel is different. Do you believe that? We can be taught a lot of different things, but I am telling you right now, the reason why we need to live out the gospel is because it is different. You can be taught things every day, and they, they, I'm not telling you they're wrong. I mean, we get taught some really good, really good life information every day. We learn it from people that we trust, but I am telling you, out of all the sources that you trust, trusting in the gospel of Jesus Christ is way different. When I was growing up, I grew up in one of the smallest, no jokes, the smallest counties in all of Ohio. So it was big in, in space because everybody was farmers, but we had nobody in it. I, I joke around, you go outside and yell, you can hear an echo. You really could. There's just nobody around. And, and uh, um, it, the funny thing, though, is it was Putnam County, Ohio. And then we moved to Putnam County, West Virginia. <clears throat> That's true. But we, we, growing up, we didn't have a lot of sports to play. We had two. We had basketball and baseball. That was it. And even to play baseball, to make a team, you had to bring people in from all corners of the county to have a travel baseball team. So they'd have tryouts every year. And for three straight years, me and my two brothers made the all-star team. And we were 45 and one. We never lost. We lost once, but we got cheated. That's what I'm... I, <laughs> Sticking beside it, that was not strike three. It wasn't. But 45 and one, I mean, we were awesome. And it was our last year to be in all-star baseball. And, and we went to the tryouts, and, and my brothers and I, we were the infield. I was a shortstop, my brother was the second base, and my older brother was the first baseman. We were the infield of this team. And I remember the roster came out, my brother made it, I made it, but my older brother that plays first base did not. I was livid. I'm like, he has been on this all-star team for almost three years. How can you not take my brother to be first base? And the coach that was running the, the, running the tryout said, well, we have a first baseman. I'm telling you right now, he's different. And I was like, I don't care if he's different or not. He's not my brother. I don't want him on my team. He can be different all day. I don't care. And, and when I met him, his name was Ben. And the first practice we went to, okay, he was right. Boy, was different. The way he played, the way he treated people, the, the, the IQ that he had, a baseball IQ. I am telling you, he was one of the absolute best baseball players I've ever seen. His name was Ben Roethlisberger. If you don't know who that is, first off, shame on you. Ben was the starting quarterback for the Steelers, won them a couple of Super Bowls, and will be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, this boy was different. And I remember when I saw him, I was like, okay, I get it now. Josh, go sit down. <laughs> like, I was like, go sit down. We, we know why he's different. But I remember his dad was our coach, and I overheard him say something to one of the opposing coaches at one of our games. The coach said, well, how, how can this kid be so different? He's not that big of a kid. He's, oh, he definitely ain't fast. But how is this kid different? I'll never forget what his dad said. He said he, he's different because, number one, he studies the game. He is a student of the game. 
He gets into it. He looks at different angles, different perspectives. He, is, he studies it. He is a student of the game. So he, yeah, his baseball IQ is through the roof because he studies it. He said he's all, he listens. He responds to coaching very well. He responds to his coaches like other kids do not. And the last one, he says, he shares that mentality with his teammates. Now, will they follow that? Maybe. But he said he studies it. He listens and he shares it. I want you to listen. This is, that is 100% the gospel. You need to study it. You need to listen to it. But most importantly, you better share it. We are so upset that things are going the way they are in our world. Man, we are the ones to blame. We can point fingers all day, but I'm telling you, unless you study the gospel, unless you listen to the gospel, most importantly, unless you share the gospel, you have nothing to complain about. You do not have a foot to stand on in that argument. 2 Timothy 2.15, it says this. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one proved a worker who do, does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the truth of the word of truth. Number one is study it. It says right here that we need to be a worker who does not need to be ashamed of, of how we handle the truth. I am done with people being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm done with it. I'm done with people that I know they know their Bible. I know they know that the gospel is true. But as soon as things get tough, they walk away from it. We need, that's why we need to study it. Because if you study it, you can't walk away from something that you believe in. So number one is we need to study the gospel. Number two, we need to respond to it. 2 Thessalonians 1.8, it says this, For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Do something with the gospel. Do something with it. Respond to it. That's the great thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is it tells you what to do. We just choose not to do it. Respond to the gospel. I am telling you, if you truly believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, I am telling you, when you read it, when you get into it, when you believe in it, you have no option other than do something with it. Have you guys ever felt the Holy Spirit come into a conversation before? And you had, had to use it. Have you guys ever been in a church service before and you, you just felt the, the, the presence of the Lord come into this? What'd you do? If you believe in the gospel, you have to do something with it. Have you guys ever met somebody that has this incredible talent, but they do nothing with it? When I was growing up, there was a kid that he would go into the locker room before anybody and he would sing because he liked the acoustics of an empty locker room. This boy, he couldn't sing. He could sing, like S-A-N-G. He, he could sing, I'm telling you. He was the best singer period I've ever heard. Never joined choir, never sung in his church. And I asked him, I said, why don't you use your gift? He's like, well, to me, I just don't believe it's a gift. If you believe in the gospel, you gotta, you gotta use it. And the last one is we need to share it. First Thessalonians 2.8, it says this, because we loved you so much, 
We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We don't need to just share the gospel. You need to share your lives. You need to share your lives. Are we, can we make a statement today that say that we are done being selfish with our lives? God's trying to get you to move, do something, share something. Stop being so stinking selfish. He wants to use you. He wants to move you. <clears throat> the gospel is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And I truly believe so many of you sitting here today can say the exact same thing. The gospel is the only thing that has gotten me through things that I did not stand a chance against. The gospel, the gospel has introduced me to some of the most amazing people I've ever met. You guys are some of them. I'm emotional today. What in the world? <laughs> the gospel has taught me more about love and forgiveness than anybody ever could. The gospel is still getting me through things today that I thought I got through already. We need to share the gospel. We need to share the gospel because there's so many great things that come out of it. There's so many great things that the gospel can get you through. The gospel needs to be lived out with everything you do, everywhere you go, and every battle you begin to fight. The gospel will get you through every single one of those. Live it out. Do something with it. If you know the gospel, just don't set on it. Use it. Share it. Go. Give. Grow. That's my prayer for you guys today. Heavenly Father, God, as we come into you in this time, God, my prayer is today, Lord, God, that we let the gospel of Jesus Christ, oh, we let... We pray that it's alive in our lives. God, we pray that we have the courage to share it with other people. But most importantly, God, we need to do something with the gospel. We need to do something with it. God, and I know we can make up excuses for days on why we don't. I know we can make up excuses for days on why we don't want to be last. God, my prayer is us today as a body of believers, the excuses stop today. As the snow is melting today, Lord, I pray that our excuses are melting away as well. God, the gospel is alive. And if we truly believe that, we need to share it. I love you in your glorious name, amen. So in our response today, if you guys have never been here, um, you know, we, our main priority is introducing people to Jesus Christ, 100%. That's what I want to invite you. If you do not know about the gospel of Jesus Christ, man, come talk to me. I am telling you, knowing the gospel will change your life. I say it every week because I believe it every week. If that's you and you want to know about the gospel, I'll be right down here. Come, I'll come pray with you. And after the gospel, after repentance, there's the joy of baptism. I am telling you, the gospel changes everything. 
if that's you, that you know the gospel, man, that's awesome. That's a huge step. Maybe you're not using it. I'll even go a step farther. Maybe some of you are ashamed of the gospel. We're done. We are. We're done being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're done with not using the gospel in the way that God intended us to use it. If that is you and you just want to pray for strength, maybe with your family. You want to pray, God, use my family to share the gospel. No matter what we do, no matter what we go through. If that's you, we're pretty full today. I pray that you hold hands with your family and just pray that over your family. That God use the gospel through my family's life. Because there's going to be one day that we're going to be asked the question, did you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? And my prayer is that we can all say yes. But until we get there, we have the joy and privilege of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to take advantage of it. And that's my prayer over every single one of you today is that we take advantage over being able to share the gospel. Let's stand.